0: Whether you're writing and drawing your own comic or working with a team, there's a lot that goes into that process. This week on Beyond the Panels, I had the privilege of sitting down with Spencer Scott Holmes, an independent writer, artist, and podcaster. But before we get into that interview, I'd like to thank you for listening and ask that you please leave a five-star review on iTunes or whatever your listening service is so that more people can find us. Also, check out our website at beyondpanelspod.wordpress.com. And now, without further ado, here's this week's interview.
1: I'm Spencer Scott Holmes. I do the Old Man Orange podcast, and I make a comic book called Pizza Boys. Pizza Boys with a Z, a sitcom-styled comic book, because that's kind of what I call it. And that's, you know, those are the two main things I'm doing right now.
0: Awesome. Uh, so what what got you, what what do you do in the comics industry? You obviously produce your own. Do you write and yeah, illustrate write it all on your own? Yeah, I and
1: draw it. And I'm like one of those kind of people, like, I kind of came to drawing much later in life than most people do um I mean really like it's I pretty much only really started drawing like maybe like eight years ago or something like that six or eight years ago and what it was is I initially was into video and film like mostly my whole life and that was like what I wanted to do was just make movies direct them shoot them write them anything and everything you can do a lot of times it was around comedy and so on but as time kind of went on It's funny, it's like, you first start making movies, like, oh, this is great, we're having a good time, everybody's down, and everything like that. But as time goes on, it becomes harder and harder to make them, because people just don't, like, they like the idea of movies, but nobody really wants to commit to them. And you really need a team. I mean, there's some things you can kind of shoot with, like, one or two or three people, but for the most part, it's like, you still need people. So, me and my buddy, Ryan Dunnigan, who I do the Old Man Orange podcast with, and, you know, made movies and animations and so on, we like, well, let's try animation. You know what I mean? Like, I know that always seemed kind of hard and foreign. And it's like, if you don't really know how animation works, you're always kind of like, like, what is the secret to kind of get it. it? just seems like so much work. And once we just kind of figured out how to make characters talk, it was like the rest of it all kind of fell in line. And what I felt like is like, okay, even though we're not like the greatest artist, like a lot of times you can draw with animation. And they almost like, it's almost, they let it kind of like, be okay. It's like well, it's moving so we'll make up for like the crappy animation or something like that and get in the process of doing animation It was like oh well. This is cool. Like we can literally do this by ourselves We don't need anybody else you can make as many characters as you want You can go anywhere you want with it You've just got to draw it and put the time in and that's it You know you never asking anybody else's help so that made it kind of nice and then as time kind of went on I was like you know what I feel like I can draw good enough now I'd like to try just a comp book because that's almost even takes a little bit less time than in animation like you can tell a 20 minute story way quicker in comics than you can in animation and that's sort of how i fell into that and with pizza boys i just started the very beginning of 2017 and in one year i did four issues and now i've put it together into a graphic novel
0: so your um experience in film really helped that's interesting because um I was talking to another creator, actually, in episode two, um, Bill Williams, and he, he mentioned something called the cinematic process, which or the cinematic mm-hmm. panels, I can't remember. But basically, the idea was that you are drawing an action frame by frame as it's happening. Mm-hmm. You know, in the nine-panel comics, like in Watchmen and stuff, that's very prevalent. Um, do you think that your experience in the film industry, like pushed you more towards that or do you have more of your own unique story style story what i learned style. is that
1: because once i kind of figured out how the animation worked and everything like that it was like instantaneously it sort of made sense and i it kind of same with comic comics and animation i feel are very one in the same i mean they're only separate the only thing that really separates them is sound at the end of the day i feel for the most part they're all kind of you know similar to themselves but it was like almost like the second that kind of like the animation clicked it was like oh well here, all the rest of this stuff I know, the only thing new I have to learn is how to draw. I know the shot angles, I know how to run the microphones. Like, So I was already having all these other skills that just kind of stacked in. It's just like, okay, cool. Now the only thing I need to do now is just get better at drawing. And same with female in comic books too. It's like I, can do all, like, I can do all the shot angles, I can think of all that kind of stuff. Where I think some people come in and they're amazing artists, but maybe they've only drawn just kind of like characters or something like that. And they've never thought about shots and angles and, you know, perspectives and so on. So that stuff I felt kind of came kind of natural to me from, it's almost like, and since I wasn't drawing my whole life, the upside was is I learned all the other skills first and then the drawing kind of came later on. So it, it, it almost worked out in some kind of weird way. I mean, you can always do in hindsight, be like, you know, if I would have started drawing at five years old and never stopped, you know, <laughs> where, where would I be now? It's like, well, you probably, know, you probably wouldn't have learned a bunch of other stuff.
0: Yeah. Um, so could you give us an insight into your timeline and the process that you go through in making a comic, specifically your Pizza, pizza Boys? I've pretty much
1: got them where I can do them in about three months. And that includes, you know, doing some other, like, I do, like, freelance work. Like, I'll edit videos for people, sometimes I'll run audio. Um, just a little bit of animation here and there, just anything multimedia so that kind of takes up time, like I really feel if I had nothing else to do but make a comic I could do it in two months you know, and if I really wanted to, you could probably crank it out in one, but that would be like a lot of work doing the whole thing, but my process, what I do, is I have most of the ideas for the script in my head, and I kind of roll them around just throughout time, and maybe I'll write little notes here and there, and even if I'm working on another project, I'm still kind of going with it so by the time it finally comes to write the script, I can write it down, like, 100% like done in like less than three days. It's just, boom, ready to go. Because that that part, to me, I, I never find the writing part to be kind of hard. I think maybe, I don't know, I sometimes think of myself first and foremost as a writer, almost like artist second. Like, I can draw good enough to be, like, to get everything across, but, like, writer first. So that part, to me, is always the easy part. Once I got my script, and I just write it out in screenplay format, I take it, and then... I do all my sketches and or penciling, I guess you would say, because I do it all digital. And I've drawn in like a weird way. Like I learned how to draw like on the old like Wacom, like the tablets, the ones where you're not looking at the screen or where you're looking at the screen and the tablet separate. And I still use my Wacom too. Like I even switched from the Intuos too. It's like from 2004. <laughs> it's like it works fine. I, I feel like until either it breaks or something goes wrong with it, like I feel <laughs> like I still have more to master on this thing.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay, so that's, that's a little different than most people learn how to draw, you know, a little, um, at least with me personally, it was uh, paper first, and I'm still trying to struggle to transfer that right. over to digital, but obviously know, it works I've for I have done it like, in such
1: a backwards way, so. like, I don't know anybody else who's like, how did you really learn how to draw? Well, I mostly learned how to draw on the Wacom, like, the paperwork is almost second. You know, I mean, as a kid, you know, uh, you'd have those spurts where, like, <laughs> you drew for a bit or something like that. Or you'd have a class where maybe you draw, but then it would go away for six months or a year or so on. Um, if you're trying to really get into the drawing, the one thing that I have learned from anybody who went from either paper, ink, pen, anything like that, is the uh, the iPad and its iPad pencil really, like, lets someone who's used to traditional artwork transfer over almost, like, in an hour. Yeah. I kid really? you not, like, that thing right there is – because we got one for my girlfriend, and she tried drawing on it. Like, one night, she was already putting out cool drawings. Never touched anything digital ever. And we went to the store, and we just went to, like, Best Buy. We're like, okay, let's just try them out. You know, and I'm not really the biggest Macintosh fan. I'm more of a Windows person. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, okay, I got used to Mac on certain things. That's the other thing, too. Most people always go, oh, you got a Macintosh? I'm like, no, I, I got a PC. That's what I used to do. All, all my video, all my art, everything I've always done. <laughs> But um, just by trying out both, like, the Windows Surface and, um, and the, um, the iPad, the iPad Pro, and really what it was more than anything else, it's that pencil. That pencil is so much more dialed in than the Windows Surface one. It's not that the Windows Surface one's, you know, it's got more features than the, iP- the Mac does and all that kind of stuff. You can hook up to your PC a little bit easier and so on. But it's just, it was amazing at how fluid and how easy that pencil was of a transfer than, like, even, like, just the stylus and so on.
0: Good to know. So I,
1: I recommend that heavily um, so, just for you know, trying it out. And you can, there's a little app anyways, you can get it so you can plug it right into your PC and then, or Mac, and just use it right off that so it can be your drawing tablet as well, too. I don't draw very well on it if I have to look at the screen, strangely enough. I do better if I have it in the old school style.
0: <laughs> well, I guess it's uh, practice makes permanent, yeah, And I, and makes I think that's sort of huh? how it is. It's,
1: you know, it's like anything. You can learn anything you want in life, it's just how much time you're willing to spend in it. Because I always kind of, you know, people always tell you that, but they're like, oh, well, you know, I just can't draw. And it's just like, no, it's you, you haven't put the time in yet. That's the only difference. There's no such thing as you can't draw yeah. or you can't do anything. You can do anything you want to. It's just a matter of how much time you're willing to spend on it.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what I've run into in, the, in podcasting is everybody that I talk to is like, you just, you have to keep going. No matter what you're doing you have to keep going because eventually somebody will find it and go wow mm. this is really cool but if you just expect it to get all rave reviews right off the bat then you're not doing the right <laughs> job i know i know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> too is just from doing videos ever since like before YouTube and so on like I have no prayer. like there's always that thing where people are like oh I have the fear of the reviews I'm like I have never had the fear of the reviews it's like if you've ever posted any video on Newgrounds you have seen the worst that society can throw at you already and I, my, my favorite thing too is like whenever somebody gives you like that drawn out like boy this is why I hate this and I'm gonna give you my you know the Thoris I'm gonna pull that out and we're gonna think of every word we can because I'm this 15 year old's gonna write this three paragraph like hate speech on you and I always just laugh when I see those I'm like <laughs> it just makes me laugh so much and I always think like hey at the end of the day I'll send a message I'll be like dude thanks very much for watching my video I'm so glad you saw it you watched it from beginning to end too man that is cool and then it's like they almost don't know how to react to that part
0: yeah you just say like oh thanks for so much like I, I really liked some of the points you had and I'll definitely build <laughs> on that for next time and then they're like oh well you're <laughs> Really a nice person because mostly sorry. you can always outplay <laughs> anybody
1: with positivity like that it's it, it's hard to come back to, you know no matter what they'll try but like it, it, they, they just don't it's almost like they can't calculate it properly and so on and i just feel like i don't care it's like any review someone can throw up in there cool why not like i i have no fear of the negative reviews because you know what no, nobody's gonna like everything and so on so i think once you can get kind of past that you're golden it's like who cares what happens next
0: Yeah. So your experiences as a creator have only been for a few years now, um, specifically Mm in comics. Uh, Where do you where do you post? Do you have like a review system that you lean on for improving your comic or do you just uh, do you distribute it to friends Um, for
1: where I put it for like sale and distribution and so on?
0: yeah so um yep, yep, for, yep, i yep, got yep. it
1: on amazon kindle i have it on comiXology and then there's another site called comics um, central that's really awesome it's all kind of indie geared indie focused they have all kinds of cool stuff on there like their kind of goal is like hey we minus out like all the big companies of marvel dc image dark horse so on so that the indie people can be getting their spotlight so that place is really awesome and then, yeah, of course, having it on nice. I think, is also, like, a must, because that is, like, feels like the number one place to get comics these days. And then Amazon also, you know, is a good place, too.
0: So, what inspired you to start creating comics, aside from your animation career? Well, for me, career? I'm
1: always about storytelling. I've kind of come to the conclusion, in the roundabout way of how everything's gone, what I like the most is storytelling, whether it be... In movies, whether it be in comics, whether it be in animation, whether it be in music, whether it be in video games, storytelling is kind of like my key thing. And what I like about comic books is it's the one that one person can easily do it by themselves. Like, it's not one of those ones like it's a stretch. Like, animation is a little bit of a stretch to do it by yourself. It's not like it's not possible, but it's a little bit of a stretch. But comics, you can do it by yourself. I mean, if if you got somebody else, cool, even better probably. But you only need one person... You know, I can write out my stories, I can tell them, and in three months, I can have it kind of produced and ready for sale. And the nice thing I like about comics over almost animation and videos is this day and age of the internet, nobody's really willing to pay for videos unless you're doing them freelance or something like that, or you got to kind of rely on the ads and so on to kind of make a profit. But comic books is still one of those mediums, and I think books in general, that nobody really bats an eye at for paying as much. You know what I mean? People kind of like understand it. like. You know I mean? You got a book and they're like, oh, cool, it's a book. You know I'll take that, especially if it's like a physical copy, but even digital copies too. I just, I noticed that that market is not, you know, pe- people don't really, they're fine with paying it for it. They understand it. They like the support. They understand the artists and so on. Where I think of videos is just like, provide me entertainment. Come on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so um, on that note, is there a creator that in the future you might really want to work with or collaborate with maybe one of your uh heroes or a writer you just well, really there like kind of
1: people out there that would be neat and i always think even in the future like i could see like if it got to a point it would be kind of nice just to have some other people maybe like i could write scripts because i could write scripts so i got, I got backed up scripts so time wise i don't have enough time to create as much as i'd like so it'd be nice to have even where you do something where you're, like i write the story and then somebody else can kind of draw it like i don't know i like people that i kind of take my inspiration for, for at least pizza boys is there's always Trey Parker and Matt snow. And I know that's not necessarily like a comp book thing, but like that has always <laughs> been like, I've looked at them as like, that is the pinnacle point. Like they did it like hundred percent the way I always like their characters take place in the mountains and the snowy Hills that always felt very relatable to me and so on. But then there's, you know, there's other guys too, like Brian Leo Malley of Scott Pilgrim. That's always been kind of like, because like, I remember just first opening one of those books and that's the kind of art where it, At first you kind of look at go like oh my gosh that's it's so simple and it's like not like in a bad way but it's that kind of art that you look at and go it's possible you know when you look at like a jim lee or a todd McFarlane one it's almost like why bother what's the point it's never gonna be this good (laughs) but then all of a sudden once you start seeing those other guys kind of have art and they're like no i don't mean it like in a bad way but it's just kind of like compared to those guys it almost would almost would seem like crappy art, but it almost is cooler, because it's, like, just lesser in a way, and it just has more freedom, and it doesn't just seem like anybody else's art, too. You know, I don't know, there's all kinds of stuff, too, like Terry Moore of, like, um, uh, Strangers in Paradise. I always like his artwork a lot, and so on. But, um, really, there's a couple of people that are, like, sort of, like, my buddies are just online and stuff like that. Like there's a guy named David Razzi, and he makes these videos called Technical Dave on YouTube and Newgrounds and so on. And he did one of my variant covers for Pizza Boys for issue two. And I always thought it's like the day I make some money, I would love just to hire him and just have him draw out a full issue because he has really awesome artwork. And then there's a Nice And it's i don't always, know if you it's noticed, always... I'm just gonna say this real quick. There was um a variant cover also of um Pizza Boys One and it was done by our buddies from Paint It Black and Peep. He drew it out and he went like beyond the distance on it. Like I was not even expecting it. And it's so like highly detailed and cool that's like, okay, the day that I have like five thousand dollars to drop on one of you guys, I am gonna do it and have you guys make one.
0: Your um your style of storytelling is really unique and very um relatable. Mm-hmm. And I was reading through Pizza Boys, and I was just really connecting with your characters and and really understanding where they came from. Is that uh from personal experience or is that just the the characters that you've just built so much into what what uh causes it <laughs> It's it's your writing I think that just really comes through. But um, when you're when you're writing them, like what are you thinking about? What what inspires these Lots characters? Lots of times, what
1: happens for me is I take like a real life event that kind of happens, and I, I use almost like the Spinal Tap philosophy. Like I take a real life event and I turn it up to eleven. So. Here's something that really did happen, but what would take it just a little bit farther just to make it that extra bit funny that might have, you know, probably wouldn't happen in real life from there. But a lot of those stories, they're all, I just pull them straight from real life. Like, I worked at lifeguarding, and as I was sitting there for a while back in the day, I was just like, man, this would make for, at first I was thinking, like, this would make for a great, like, movie. Like, a total, like, almost, like, comedy style, you know, classic, maybe even, like, almost in, like, a National Lampoon's kind of feel. Like, I thought of that, and I had this idea for a long time just called, like, Pool Boys, and it was, like, I still had Pizza Boys as another idea, but I had this Pool Boys one, and I was like, this would be kind of just a funny story, and then, lo and behold, I worked that into Pizza Boys. I'm like, well, here's a place to do it, Ed. Like, the boys need to get jobs, and so on. <laughs> and also, too, like, writing my characters is, like, what I feel that makes it feel different from just everything else I read is there's a lot of comics out there, especially indie ones, that... They're always, they feel like, okay, I call them post-college kids in the city comics, and they're just trying to wonder what to do next. And there's a lot of those, whether it be New York, whether it be San Francisco, whether it be Los Angeles, you know, Portland, and so on. I see a lot of these comics, and they always are in that kind of same vein. And, you know, they can be really good, but it's always like, what do I do? I just got out of college, and all this stuff like that. So I'm like, I want to make something that's the complete opposite, where it's these kids, it's like, you know, that same age range, you know, mid-20s, somewhere around there. But instead, it's still in California, but it's this other part of California that you don't think about. Where it's like, here's people living in the mountains, they're poor, you know, they have this. They're not in New York, they're not in the big city and so on, but like, and here's these stories of just kind of hanging out, having good times, and it's not a sad thing. It's not like they're bad characters. Because like, that always bothers me in movies. It's like whenever you see like some poor person in there, it's like, oh, I bet you he's going to do something terrible. Because that's, that's what they always do. If he's poor, you know, they'll have like, <laughs> the scary music on him. He'll be hunched over. You know, he'll have like a knife in one hand. He'll be in like a dark right. alley or something like that. That's that's always what they go for. So it's like.
0: You can't can ever trust you can't. those Apparently, poor people. Apparently that's what I learned. It's, it's like that Bruce Willis movie that mostly
1: always comes to my mind. I can't think of what it's called. That's the. One, it's like takes place in like the Hollywood Hills, and it's like this like rich person's house gets taken over by these like three poor guys in like an old beater pickup truck and whatnot. It's like I did, I knew it. Oh and I, I knew where that was going the second I saw that, and that's how I feel. It's like <laughs> I always feel like poor people always get the shaft, like in stories. So I was like, I just want to have people. that's just like you know, you can be kind of poor, and I say poor not like hobo poor, but you know, like just like regular. You're not you're not you're not middle class yet, but you're still having a good time. You know what I mean? You still do what you want to do. And it's that kind of point of, like, just doing the bare minimum amount of work so that you can do your creative artwork. Because that's how I feel myself. Like, I do, the, I do <laughs> yeah. the least amount of freelance work I can possibly do so that I can have the most amount of time to work on my own things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, when you were growing up, did you read comics? You know, I had, like, like any kid, I probably had my occasional, like,
1: shoebox worth of comics. But as a kid, I didn't read as much. And I think it's because comics is kind of an expensive medium. I always really have looked at it, like, if you compare, like, movies, video games, you know, music in the back of the day, and nowadays I don't I, almost doesn't count anymore in a category, but, you know, when you used to buy CDs and tapes, um, and records even and all that stuff, really, the biggest bang for your buck, I always feel, is generally movies, you know what I mean? You can mostly get them for next to nothing, you get a lot in there, and even video games, even if you people go like, oh, but it's $60, I'm like, yeah, but think how many hours you get out of a video game for 60 bucks, even, especially if it's a really good one. Where comic books, you could buy a graphic novel for 15 or if it's like Marvel, like 20 or 25 bucks, and read it like in an hour, and that's like, there you go, there was 20 bucks for one hour, no special features or anything like that, boom, it's done. <laughs> so I think as a kid, comics were always kind of like, you liked them, and you just had like those like strange. You just had like you know your handful of issues. You just had like random X Men issue, random Johnny Quest issue, random Scooby Doo, random Batman one. Like none of them had any like order because you just got one every once in a while. It wasn't until I got kind of like in mm-hmm. high school and when I met my buddy Ryan Dunnigan that he kind of he was in the comics. And it's kind of like, that sparked that interest, like, oh, cool, like, well, let's get kind of back into it. And he passed me, at that time, he let me borrow some Street Fighter comics that were kind of like the new ones that came out. And that was pretty much about the start of really getting back into it. And then from there, you know, he let me borrow some more. And he just let me borrow everything from, like, you know, he had a Spider-Man collection, he had Batman Hush, and just a bunch of other ones. And then from that point on, I just started buying my own. And the next thing you know, I've got, like, a ginormous fat stack of comics here that many of them still need to be read and I keep buying them for some dumb reason I I always wonder that like why do you keep buying them if you haven't finished the ones you already (laughs) (laughs) have?
0: that is exactly the same problem that I have I think the last time that I went into the comic book shop one of the other patrons said so like how long does it take you to read through those I said when I sit down like Uh five ten minutes but I have so many at this point that I'm backed up few months. And
1: I used to do the thing too when I read comics, because at first I realized I was reading them real fast just initially, and I'm like, I'm like, I think what you need to do is, you ever notice how sometimes you bare, you just like glance over the artwork, you gotta like pause and kind of like take it all in and so on. So I started doing that, but then once my stack started building up again, I'm like okay, back to speed reading. There's no way you can just <laughs> sit there and take your time on these anymore. And yeah, I
0: just—it's.
1: I mean, even yesterday, <laughs> yeah. I bought another comic. I just saw one. It's like hobo mafia in the eighteen hundreds. Well, yeah, I gotta buy that.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, I love, I love having writers and artists for friends though, because like you can you can text them and be like, hey, concept, um, and then spout off some random idea that just hit you in the middle of the night, and then you've got it somewhere, and you're like, yes, I've got it down. Now it'll definitely happen. And then the next morning, you wake up and you're like. What, when am I gonna have time to do this? (laughs) how do I even tell this story? Like, is there even a story here? But
1: that's the key (laughs) thing though, is to always write down, no matter what idea it is, write it down anyways, because what I've learned more often than not, a lot of those ideas actually, you'll find a place for them sometimes at some point, you know? And now project-wise, I always feel like, you can only take on so much at once. You know, I always say, you got your career, And what I always say with that, that's your main project you do in life. That doesn't really necessarily mean it's your job. It means like what you want to do. It's like whatever you want to do. If you want to make comics, you want to make movies, you want to start your own business, anything like that, that's your career. Even if you're not making money off of it, that's number one. Then I feel like you can have like one hobby or so about that. And then you can have one, what I say, like a job. And just, you know, nothing, not like a career job, just something if you need to do to make extra. And that's about it. By that point, like there's not enough time to do anything else you know so it's like you got to focus that much on it's like it always sounds nice to be able to go like oh i got all these different projects but it it, i feel like you're better off just putting all your attention into one thing at a moment and then if need be you finish that one then you can switch to something else there's an arnold schwarzenegger (laughs) quote i always like and he says never have a plan b because when you say that you have a plan b You have already told your mind there might be a chance of failure. If you only have a plan A and that's it, you can't fail. You have to accomplish it because it's the only goal you have.
0: Oh, I like
1: that. Yeah, Arnold's always got some of the best stuff as far as like motivation and so on, and just like you know, really even in art, like his like format of like reps, 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 no matter what. It's like you know, it's like working out. How do you get better at working out? You constantly keep building. You constantly keep doing your reps and so on. How do you get better at drawing? You constantly keep drawing. It's those reps put in, it's the practice and all that stuff. And it's about the amount of time you put in. It's almost the theory of like, if you put 10,000 hours into anything, you could become a master at it, you know? And by calculation, it's like, if you only put in a handful of hours a day, every single day, like in about six to 10 years, you would become a master by that standard.
0: Well, thank you so much for uh, joining us on this podcast. Um, before we end this, do you have any questions yeah, for me?
1: Sure. I'd like to know more about your creative stuff. Unless you want to come on my show at some point. We okay. can talk about
0: that too. I, You know what? I would be happy to come on your show at some, some point. Like I think that that mark, would be...
1: Oh, that, that's a short episode right there, but that's probably good to have nice short ones, because I've always gotten so used to doing, I mean, I've went from everywhere from doing, like, hour ones to three-hour ones, the back to settling on an hour and a half being about the nice number and so on, but, but yeah, I would love yeah. to know, because I always like just to talk to artists and just, like, all their kind of, like, ways of doing things and what their practices are and so on.
0: Oh, yeah, that would be, that would be awesome. Um, I, I'm in college right now, so I try to keep my episodes pretty short. Uh, just just so that I can edit them fast and get them out on time, and you know, still produce mm-hmm. quality. Um. I draw for fun sometimes, but um, mostly I think that right now my heart is in uh, sound production, and and I'm studying music right now. Nice. So that's pretty much.
1: That's a lot of times What I do for a lot of my uh, freelances, I do either sound recording or sound editing or sound mixing and so on and and, uh, like my whole life I've just kind of learned just about as and I think comes from movie making because in movie making you see that you can do anything you almost have to learn audio video acting so on and in that process I just kind of learn things and I know this is kind of getting off this my problem I get all like okay we're about to wrap this up well let me tell you another story (laughs) but um but that's really cool though you know and uh, you play instruments and everything too
0: yeah, yeah, uh I play uh French horn and bass guitar. Nice. So, I I would claim piano but I think that my piano teachers would cringe. That that's about if exactly I, what I, <laughs>
1: I play guitar and bass and a little bit of keyboard. I play just enough to be able to record something i <laughs> i do not play good enough to be able to play live for longer than 30 seconds I didn't, but enough to record stuff but um but yeah you'll have to come on the show and then we can talk even more about all kinds of creative things and fun stuff because yeah i just i i, I literally ran across your podcast it just popped up on twitter i was like what's this i gotta check this out then let's see what's going on i think it came up in like the Yeah, it really people, does help so. with
0: advertising and everything
1: it does. I really think so. I, Twitter's the only one I really trust. I don't trust Facebook. I don't trust any the other ones. Twitter has worked best for me. Perfect. Well, thank you so very much for having me on the show. And then I'm just going to say, if you want to check out Pizza Boys, you can always go to oldmanorange.com. That's the one place to find it. But you can type Pizza Boys, Pizza Boys with a Z. I have to always kind of say that just in case. Like Boys in the Hood or Boys to Men. That's where I pulled that from. And uh, you can find that on Amazon, Comicsology, Comic Central. Just type in pizza. You really you can type that in on a web browser and it'll pop up.
0: Thank you again to Spencer Scott Holmes for sitting down for this interview. And thank you to you, our listeners. Please check out Beyond the Panels at our Twitter at Beyond Panels Pod and on our website where you can leave a review, a comment, get in contact with me, or even donate. Help support the podcast. Our theme song was written and produced by Amelia Johnson. Our historian is Kevin Bertrow. Beyond the Panels is written and produced by me, Lee Wilson. Thanks again for listening. Look forward to seeing you as we explore Beyond the Panels.